Let us pray. Eternal God, whose word silences the shouts of the mighty, quiet within us every voice but our own, speak to us through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, that by the power of your Holy Spirit we may receive grace to show Christ's love in lives given to your service. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 9a. Listen for the word of the Lord. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning. Our New Testament reading is from Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 25, where Jesus is sentenced to death. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted together, away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This man was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate 
gave his verdict that their demands should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Earlier this morning, many of us participated in the Palm Sunday worship service and parade. The pastors and members of the Stuart Circle Parish Churches gathered together to remember Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. On one hand, it was a joyous occasion for us today, just as it was for the followers of Christ back then, as we marched down the street and sang hymns of praise. Back then, the followers of Jesus anticipated the arrival of the King, Jesus. They were counting on him to save the day from the oppression of Roman rule. Bible scholars indicate Jesus is expressly identified as a king in Luke 19, verse 38, which connects the triumphal procession from, to the nobleman who receives his kingdom earlier in the chapter in the parable of the 10 pounds immediately before. The nobleman who received the kingdom in a distant land and returned as king in judgment is none other than Jesus, who, in fulfillment of the promise of Mary and the Annunciation in Luke chapter 1, enters Jerusalem to the acclamation of the crowds. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Indeed, a joyous occasion. On the other hand, Jesus knew, as we know today, he was headed to the cross to die for the sins of the world. Triumphal, yet sad, as we remember during this holy week, the trial, the persecution, the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus. As we fast forward to the context of today's scripture, Jesus was busy obediently doing the will of God the Father on his journey to the cross. Along his journey, Jesus reminded the people that his house, the temple, is a house of prayer and not a place for selling things. He rid the temple of the so-called den of robbers. Jesus' teachings and parables mesmerized the people such that the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, and some Sadducees began to question him and his authority. The scriptures tell us they watched him and sent spies in order to trap him by what he said, in order to turn him over to the jurisdiction and authority of the governor. But that did not stop Jesus from telling the truth. Jesus did not stop because he was on a journey to the cross. Jesus did not stop because God the Father could count on him to do God's will for our sake. That is why today 
we can count on Jesus to see us through. But the plot to trap Jesus continued. The plot to kill Jesus was now in view. Throughout Jesus' journey, he taught the disciples to count on him. And as he drew closer to the cross, Jesus warned the disciples of the future by asking them, When I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you need anything? Now, in a different day, time, and situation, as Jesus came ever so close to the cross, He prepared the disciples for the future. He told them they would need a purse, a bag, and a sword as suffering servants of the Lord. Jesus did not say these things to the disciples so that they would spread the gospel by violence, but to prepare them for the persecution they would surely face and the suffering for his namesake. The disciples could count on Jesus in the past, in the present, and in the future to provide for their needs and to prepare them for what was to come. But could Jesus count on the disciples? Absolutely not. No, he could not count on the disciples to pray for him on the Mount of Olives, as he asked God the Father to remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. No, he could not count on the disciples because Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss and Jesus was arrested. And no, he could not count on the disciples because just as Jesus predicted, Peter denied even knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. In our passage today, Jesus is sentenced to death. The passage illustrates societal pressure and human weakness just to go along with the crowd. This scripture provides an example of injustice at its best, where the innocent is sentenced to death and a murderer is set free. The text reveals the corruption of a justice system or lack thereof that would suggest a severe punishment in exchange for the death penalty of an innocent person for no other reason than to save face in the eyes of the constituents. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, the people, and said to them, You brought this man as one who was perverting the people. And here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will have him flogged and released. What's wrong with this picture? First of all, after examining Pilate, finds Jesus not guilty of the charge against him, namely perverting the people. Pilate is emphatic that Jesus has done nothing wrong, but yet offers to have Jesus flogged and then released. Imagine that. Jesus is innocent, but Pilate 
we'll just have him flogged and released. How about that? In the New International Version, the word punish is used in replace of flogged, as we see in the New Revised uh, Standard Version. According to Bible scholars, the Greek word for punish is a euphemism for whipping. You see, given the fact that Jesus was not a Roman citizen and that Pilate was threatened by the political climate and the chief priests, Pilate may have intended to do a very severe beating or something for a plea bargain. This extreme bargain should rid us of any illusion that Pilate's appeal on Jesus' behalf is motivated by kindness. Indeed, it is not. In his power struggle with religious leaders and because of his indifference to Jesus, Pilate was willing to subject Jesus to extreme cruelty. The chief priests, the leaders, and people all shouted together, away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. Again, this man who had been in prison for insurrection and for murder. Pilate wanting to release Jesus, address him, them again, but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. No cloaks or palms lining the path. No palms being waved in the air of praise. No shouts from the crowd. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Shouts of praise now turn to shouts of persecution. Crucify him, crucify him. If Jesus could not count on the very people who previously praised him, on, on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he surely could not count on anyone else in this situation. And why? Why is it that the crowd was so eager to free Barabbas in exchange for Jesus' crucifixion? The answer is found in the verse that is missing. Look through your Bible. Verse 17, verse 17 is omitted from the New Revised Standard Version as well as many other modern versions of this text. However, verse 16 and 17 in the New King James Version reads thusly, I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to re be released one at the feast. It was usual and customary to release a prisoner during Passover. Jesus could not count on the crowd to uphold his innocence. Now Barabbas, as we might say today, was a cold-blooded killer. And if anyone could be accused of perverting and stirring up the people, it was Barabbas. Because not only was he imprisoned for murder, but also for insurrection. Yet the crowd called for his release. That reminds me of a TV show titled How to Get Away with Murder 
Barabbas must have coined that phrase because he certainly got away with murder on that day. A third time, Pilate said to them, why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore flog him and release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that Jesus be crucified. So Pilate gave in to the crowd's demand. He released Barabbas and he handed Jesus over to be crucified. There was a movie back in 2003 called The Life of David Gale. It didn't receive rave reviews, but it caught my attention. It was a movie that told the story of how two colleagues and activists against capital punishment, a male and a female, orchestrated the female's suicide, actual suicide, that to make it look like a murder by her male colleague. He went to jail, he was executed, but he and his colleague had left a videotape showing the suicide and proving his innocence. This movie, The Life of David Gale, is pure fiction, and today we would be hard-pressed to find anyone willing to sacrifice to the point of death for any one cause. Jesus Christ is the only one willing to be ridiculed, persecuted, and die for the sins, not just my sins and your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. We can count on Jesus for our salvation. Brothers and sisters, Jesus was innocent, innocent of perverting the people. Jesus was innocent, and Pilate knew it because he found him to be innocent three times. The first time Pilate found Jesus innocent, Luke tells us, was at the beginning of chapter 23, where the whole assembly rose and accused Jesus of perverting their nation. When it was revealed that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, Pilate quickly passed Jesus off to Herod, who questioned and mocked Jesus and then sent him right back to Pilate. Two more times Pilate would address the crowd that he found Jesus without guilt and no grounds for the death sentence. Jesus was innocent of any crime, and Pilate was a weak leader looking for favor with the people. Jesus' silence before his persecutors spoke volumes to his innocence. Beloved, Jesus shows us how to stand up for ourselves as his faithful followers in times of trials and tribulations. But how, how can we be counted on as Jesus' faithful followers, especially in today's world that is so full of sin. First, we have to have a willing spirit. We have to be willing to trust that Christ will lead us where we can follow him. We have to trust that the Bible that he left for us holds all the stories 
of the people that came before us. Those who face trials much like the trials we face today. All you have to do is read about Job, who had everything, who lost everything, and trusted in God and received even greater blessings than he ever had before. We need to be a willing spirit to read and trust in God's power to heal and restore us when we are sick and broken. We must have a willing spirit to trust that God will provide for all of our needs, even when we cannot see it for ourselves. Second, we can be counted as God's faithful servants by, being a, by uh, not being ashamed to share the gospel. Jesus was accused of perverting the people because he spoke the truth. The truth exposed the evil that many glossed over day in and day out. But God calls us to speak the gospel of truth and be set free from our sin. So don't be afraid. No, don't be afraid to let the light of God shine through you so others may see. Don't be afraid of the haters. Speak the truth and you can count on Jesus to see you through. Finally, be counted on as Christ's faithful followers by loving God and loving our neighbors. It's so easy to do. It is so easy to smile at one another, to be kind to one another, to lend a helping hand to those in need. Don't wait for a crisis. Do it now. Show them the love of Christ that is within you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the greatest example of love by God the Father who sacrificed his only begotten son to die on the cross that we might have eternal life through him. Christ was persecuted, suffered, and died for you and for me in this whole wide world. You can count on Jesus Christ. Can Jesus Christ count on you? Amen. Brothers and sisters, the doors of the church are open. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is an invitation to discipleship. Will you come? Will you come?